everybody. I'm Josh Gammon. I'm Andrew. Nichols. I'm Garrett. Oh. And I'm yes. And I'm David Brock. And this is Somebody Sequels. And we it we screwed up the intro to the final show of the year. Beautiful. It couldn't have been done better. Nope. You one could say it was planned. Even. That's right. It wasn't. Um, hey, you got a letterbox hat, David. Yeah, you like it? I do. That's really cool. Got nice. it for Christmas. Aww. That's nice. You I want a letterbox hat. A gift from myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, gifts from. Those are the, sometimes those you know, are the best gifts. The older you get, the real you realize a lot of it is just giving gifts to yourself. <laughs> um, and then you know you still buy gifts for others, but the stuff you get, a lot of it comes from you. I know <laughs> what I okay. want. Yeah, you know what you want better than most people. And I, and, and I, you know, I know how much it costs. So, you know, but this was yeah. like, uh, I, I just saw this. Uh, I think Letterboxd has tweeted out that they had some merchandise. So I was like, oh, I'll look into that. And it was like two shirts and a hat. And I was like, well, I always wear hats on the show. So I'll wear a hat. Yeah. Nice. Well, what a great uh, opportunity to plug Letterboxd. You can yes. find our show there at So Many Sequels um, Pod. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and you can find all of us individually there as well. Just search around. Um, but like I said, this is the last show of the year. We're going to have kind of a fun, lightly structured free for all in a way um, where we're going to talk about 2020 in film. Um, we're going to go through some of our surprises, whether that be some like really good movies we didn't expect or really bad movies we didn't expect, or maybe even like something that happened in the world of movies we didn't expect. There were a lot of surprises there. Um, we'll talk about some of the worst movies we saw, some of the best movies we saw, and we will um, go over um, kind of briefly uh, our most anticipated movies of the year for, for this year mm-hmm. um, that kind of went to uh, the dump. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't much quite make to, it. Much, much to our dismay, uh, a lot of the movies we were anticipating didn't come out, but yeah. a surprising amount of them did, and we, I'm sure we'll talk about some of those too. So that is everything we're going to cover on the show today. Uh, before we get started, I want to remind everybody to find us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. So many sequels. Search for us on all of those and follow us. Like the show. Share our stuff. We've been um, Posting more videos lately, excited about that, um, and you, I'm sure you'll be seeing more of those as we um, start our next season um, after our, we're going to take a little hiatus after this, and we'll be back for season four, and we'll have more videos and stuff like that to share, so find us there, and of course, follow the show on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, or wherever else you get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go ahead and get started by talking about... Some of our surprises. Um, what movies have come out that we thought were like surprisingly good, surprisingly bad, or maybe just, I don't know. I'm sure there are other ways they could have been surprising. But does anyone have anything right off the bat that they'd like to talk about um, about surprises for the year? Uh, I have one. Okay, David, you go first. I don't know if there's going to be anybody's top five, but I want to. I wanted to mention uh, Palm Springs, starring mm. Adam Sandler, or excuse me, a- Andy Samberg, and <laughs> uh, oh shoot, I always forget her name. The mother, Kristen Milioni. <laughs> yes, it. yeah. What a fun uh, twist on the uh, I don't know what to call it. The Groundhog Day uh, trope, Time uh, kind of 
Yeah. And uh, a lot of fun. Uh, totally didn't, I didn't, I heard nothing about the movie until like two weeks before it came out. And then like all of a sudden, uh, I just started seeing all my friends reviewing it. You guys included. And I was like, well, I guess I got to check this out. A uh, ton of fun. It didn't make my top five this year, but yeah, what a fun surprise. I would agree. I think that this is a good example. Everybody always is like, let's remake this movie. Why don't it, why don't, let's make a new version of this. And, and, you know, people talk about Groundhog Day all the time. People want a new Groundhog Day. Let's make new Groundhog Day. This is a good example of how you can take Groundhog Day but modernize it. Because now I don't want a new Groundhog Day because I have Palm Springs. That's the way that I look at this movie. That is a good creative way of, of taking something that is a familiar thing that people enjoy mm-hmm. and modernizing it with a new twist. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows creative and shows homage and all that stuff. So I think it's a really good example of what more people should try to do rather than just remake a new version of an old thing that people enjoy. Yeah. The most creative version of the, 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 the time loop concept since happy death day. Just agreed. Totally yeah. for mm-hmm. it. Happy death day. You can find on our show. We reviewed the series um, last year, That's I think. Plug so number one. Look that up. Yeah. Um, yeah any other surprises from, from the, from the peanut gallery here? And I will also say, yes, I agree with everything about Palm Springs. It didn't make my top five, but it barely snuck in at number 10 from my top 10. But we won't go into all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine's in the seventh spot. We got a new release from Netflix this year that I wasn't prepared for called uh, Babysitter Killer Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Babysitter 2. So Babysitter is a, a, a Halloween-type movie uh, on Netflix that came out several years ago. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It's tropey, it's silly, it's goofy, but it is a good movie. Um, it's very fun. It's kind of like a fun horror movie. Um, they made a sequel to it and it seemed like it was a surprise to me and I didn't know what to expect from it. And I thought it was really, really good. Um, it had, it carried a lot over. Um, it was campy. It was goofy. There's a entire like fantasy breakdown to, um, Oh my goodness, I don't even remember the name of the song, but it's the uh, the dance song that Carlton and Will Smith do in that episode of The Fresh Prince. Oh yeah. I can't remember the name of that song, but they it's yeah. just ridiculous, but it is still pretty scary in a horror type way. It was just a good uh, sequel that I wasn't expecting this year. The Tonto Jump On It song. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yep, that's, that's the one. I don't know the one. Um, so I have a couple... movies that are surprisingly well no one is surprisingly bad and another one is surprising that it exists uh the first one is a movie um that was also just recently released on netflix but is not a netflix film um called ava uh just this one is real fresh on my mind just watched it a few days ago ava stars jessica chastain john malkovich gina davis colin farrell and common um, all actors that I, I think, I mean, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but generally thought well of, oh, even yeah. common. I think people like him a lot. I agree. Um, it was just a really terrible movie. <laughs> it was, it yeah. was as generic as it could be in terms of plotting and just boring. The performances were pretty phoned in, um, which I thought was surprising. You know, you, a lot of times good actors can save a bad movie. That was mm. not the case this time. And it had some real bad special effects. Just really 
surprisingly bad considering the the actors involved. And then the other, my other surprise is a movie called Fat Man, uh, <clears throat> which I can't believe exists, but totally expected it to be as bad as it was. It stars Mel Gibson as Santa Claus and <laughs> Walton Goggins as a man who, as a young boy, never got what he wanted for Christmas. So now that he's grown, he is spending his life um, hunt, attempting to hunt down and kill Santa for not giving him uh, good presents. Fascinating. Um, it, it was uh, like not. Yeah, it was not good. But mm-hmm. I couldn't. I can't believe it exists, and that's why it's a surprise. <laughs> that sounds bad. It was not great. It was oh weirdly watchable, though, because of how weird it is. Yeah. But it's like you'd only watch it once. Yeah. You just got to see what happens. Um, Andrew, you got any surprises? Palm Springs really surprised me. With mm. with really how good it was, so yeah, Palm Springs was definitely the surprise of the year. I will say that I really I was surprised at how good the Lovebirds was. Ooh. I would agree with that. The Lovebirds was was very was very very good. Um, was there anything that was surprisingly bad? Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Unless it's in your bottom. It's in my yeah. bottom. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We'll wait then. Uh, I do want to mention one other offhand. I want to mention one other movie. Not necessarily okay. surprised that it was <laughs> nothing to do with its quality. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just the fact that it managed to finally come out in possibly the worst case scenario was oh. New Mutants. Yeah. Finally comes out to theaters near you. And man, what a what what terrible timing. This I thought about. I thought about mentioning the New Mutants too because it was a, it's two factors of surprising to me. One, yeah, it's surprising that it came out at all, um, especially in theaters. But two, to be completely honest, I was surprised it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Fair enough. Now, don't get it me was, wrong. Yeah. It's not good. No, no, no. But no, I no. thought it would be so much worse, and it's not in my bottom of the year at all. No, it's, it's middling. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like it was actually the first movie that I got to go back to a theater to see. Me and my wife, we saw that, and the next week we got to see Tenet, and then basically the theaters were done again. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, New Mutants, it was, it's been in delayed and delayed and delayed, and I remember after I saw it, I was looking up the history of it again, just to just look at it and be like, man, this movie was supposed to come out in like 2018, 2017. They started writing it like when Game of Thrones was hot. Yeah, it was supposed <laughs> to be know? peak girl's name from Game of Thrones who I can't remember. Maisie that Williams. Was name Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams, yeah. It was like her peak fame of Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, so uh, fascinating that that finally managed to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going through my list here, and I don't have a lot of others that surprise me. Um, yeah. They kind of hit... Or missed where I thought they might. Um, anyone else? Um, I, I guess I have one more. I can let Garrett go, though. No, I'm still I'm going through. Go for it, David. So uh, these are, this is more what I would probably call the honorable mentions. It's just outside of my top ten. But okay. um, animated film that, was, that became a Netflix exclusive this year, Over the Moon, um, which was directed by a former uh, Disney animator, and it's his first feature film. And it's about a little... Uh, it's about a little girl who uh, thinks that if she can uh, uh, meet the the goddess of the moon, 
that somehow she'll be able to get her, her mother back or something like that. And I'm not remembering all the details really well, but it came out around June, I want to say, or July. And uh, it's a really nice film. It's, you know, the animation is great. Um, it's, it's got some, it's got some, some, some different issues about it, but I would recommend it if you to recommend looking into it, especially if you got younger kids, I think it'll entertain them fairly well. Yeah. That's it. Good. I think, and I don't know if we want to have this conversation now or later, but I think if we're talking about surprises, I would throw Wonder Woman into that category. Yeah, maybe. Is Wonder Woman in anyone's top five or bottom five? Not in my top or bottom. No. Then, then I guess. Oh. Oh, Andrew. Is it in your bottom five? Really, Andrew? Oh, we'll have to look into that. Then we'll save it. But we'll get I to will, Wonder Woman later. I will file Wonder Woman in a surprise category for me. Um, I agree on the same basis. So. I th- I agree, but I think for different reasons. But maybe. Uh, we'll get it because I, I have I have problems with the movie too, but my my problems are very different than all the problems everybody else came away complaining about. So I, that's well, aren't the thing you I found special? the most interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Where are we going now? Top five or top bottom five? Where are we headed first? Oh boy. Um. Got to get the bottom out. I guess so. Let's get the bottom. Let's talk you about the, the bottom five movies. The people. All right. Who's up first? I'll go first. Um, so, sorry, I had to count for a second. Okay. I'm just going to read my list. How many movies you got total? Well, uh, well, oh, total? Yeah. Um, 64. Wow. One, one movie. (laughs) You're one, what are you, 63? Yeah. Hey, I had a lot of time to stream. (laughs) You watched Fat Man, didn't you? I didn't. (laughs) It was Fat Man pushed me over. Um, yeah, I'll just read the list and we'll go from there. So, Ava, mm. Mm. uh, to all the boys, P.S. I still love you, which is a Netflix sequel. That one landed on the bottom five and stayed there, didn't it? Yeah. That came out earlier this year. The, the Wrong Missy, another mm-hmm. Netflix movie with, from David Spade and Lauren Lapkus, um, the Kissing Booth 2, another <laughs> Netflix original movie. Netflix kind of rules my bottom five, and yeah. my kind of, I mean, 100% completely rules it. Um, yeah. And then, wait, did I, did I do the right order? One, two, three, four. Yeah, okay. And then my worst movie of the year is uh, Desperados. Mm. Desperado. Desperados, yeah. a movie yeah. starring, who is in this movie? I can't even remember. Nassim Padrad. Nassim Padrad, Anna Camp, Anna Lamorne Camp. Morris, Robbie Amell, Heather Graham. Oh, these people it are was, so funny. It was super bad. It was uh, just super a really bad. bad movie. It's not even worth talking about. No, not really. Like, just don't go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any of those. Well, that's, that's the risk I take when I watch Netflix original movies. Um, you know, so every now and then you get a shining star, and most of the time you get poop. Yeah, yep. see, you have that. You guys, I think that's the problem is you guys have that thing where you, you look at it and you go, uh, this movie looks bad, but I'm going to watch it anyway. And I, Some, I a lot go, of times I often go, you know, I'm only going to have so much time to watch these movies. I'm only going to be able to see half of the movies that these guys see. I might as well make them all the good ones. Yeah. Well, I have enough. nothing else to do. No, like I could have watched Just, the wrong Missy and I didn't. 
You should. And you know what? You're better off for it. We're not better. We're no. worse. <laughs> we willingly chose to watch that movie. That one and that one was like really willingly chose. Like that yeah. was no no question was raised about that one. No. Nope. Oh, right. David's so favorite movie. Next? We'll try it. Uh, yeah. Andrew's up next. Andrew, go. In my clockwise oh. order. So my worst movies. Yep. yep. Start with you five. Get, you and start on five. Yeah. Go with um, what? Don't start with your very very worst. Count five up. Okay. Well, okay. So there's one movie that I. I know that I've reviewed and I can't remember, but we watched it. We watched it like uh, back in September and it was a Netflix film. And I just remember walking away from that movie and I hated it. Do you remember anything and, about it? Great. Yeah. Story. It had, it had, a, it had a great cast. It had uh, Tom Holland. It had oh, oh, the devil all the time. The devil all the time. The devil all the time. Literally yeah. did a podcast over that one boy. Did not like it. That's one of your worst of the year, though? Yeah. Woo. Yeah, did not like it. Uh, so, The Devil All the Hates. Time is my number five. Okay. Uh, number four is, is Hoobie Halloween. And really? Hoobie Halloween. Oh, boy. Is, is, a, is a movie that, like, I mean, it's really, really dumb, and it's just kind of a, you know, it's just dumb fun, but at the same time, it got really boring really quick. It was just like the same old Adam Sandler shtick, and I love Adam Sandler, but I'm like, after a while, I just found this one just really, really boring. Um, Number three is Bad Boys for Life. Okay. You're the highest grossing movies of the year. You're the one who always brings up Bad Boys for Life. He hasn't liked it from the jump, though, to be fair. I went and listened to our um, mid-year review, and Andrew hated it then, too, and he was the only one, because that's, to recap, the highest-rated Bad Boys movie. But to to Andrew's credit, he has hated it from the jump. Yeah. What's what's ironic, though, is that that is the highest-grossing movie of this year. Yeah. Domestically, yes. And pretty well-reviewed. It, I I did not like it. That's okay. I did not like it. Well, this list is just amazing me. Yeah, it's gonna get crazier because I know. You're I ready. Feel like I, know I can't it. believe you thought Bad Boys for Life was worse than Hubie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> and I know at least this man's rating system makes no sense. I know, and I know at least one more you're gonna say, and I can't believe that either. Yeah, uh, just keep going. Number two. Just keep number going. Two. Number two. My number two is a mo- It's a Netflix movie called Project Power. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And, With Jamie Foxx. It started Jamie Foxx. It got boring, and I just didn't like it. Like after a while, like the the only thing that really was going for it was the effects. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. A, that's a lot of Netflix movies are like that. Yeah, like they they it's like they pour their money in effects, but not in quality of story or acting. Um, well, here's with the big one, one then. Yeah, number one is Wonder Woman 84. Talk oh, about... Wow. I was very, very let down. I was very bored. I was very... I didn't get anything from this movie at all. I thought it was... I thought it, it excelled nothing within the universe of 
of Wonder Woman. I feel like we deserve a better movie with Wonder Woman because I think she deserves a better story. And I want to say about from 30 minutes on, I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was watching. Wow. And those are my top five worst movies of the year. We, well, we, you know, let's Andrew, go ahead and talk about Wonder Woman now. Well, hold on. We had a lot of we had we had a couple things in common in our bottom five, Andrew. But we part ways on the one. Whether or not Andrew, do you rank yours based on like stars or just like your disappointment in them? Because it sounds like and like whatever it is, I'm I'm just curious how like what is because we've asked you this before. What goes Mm -hmm. into your rating system? Help us understand so we can have that like quick discussion, and then we'll get to the Wonder Woman thing because I, I think that your, I think that your rating system needs to be explained at this point. Okay. Five stars <laughs> is like great quality work. It's like mm-hmm. masterpiece. Four stars is extremely good. Would watch again. Three stars. Okay. Probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't give it another shot. Two stars. Uh, did not like, did not like at all. Uh, would not recommend. One star. Totally hated it. Okay. Okay. So, and all of those. Um, what were all those? One star. What was the highest? What was what, what? What? What was your rankings for those as you went? Hold on a minute. None of these got past two and a half. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That so, fits with the narrative. So yeah. none, of got, none of these got past two and a half. Uh, Hubie Halloween, Hubie Halloween probably has the lowest. And yet, because, and and yet. <laughs> but let's talk a, about one woman. Let's talk about. Thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing: is that Hubie Halloween is Hubie Halloween is at least sort of watchable. No. Okay. Okay. No. okay. So. Do you want to talk about Wonder Woman now, or do you want to keep going? No, let's go for it. Let's yeah, because it's not going to come up on any of the rest of our lists. No. <laughs> okay. Um, and try not to make this a Wonder Woman episode, I will say yeah. to everyone. No. Because we uh, could have done that, but yeah. we didn't. Everybody um, gets two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, will, I will start by saying there's a lot of what Andrew said that I, that I agree with. There are some that I agree with maybe at a less strong level. Um, yeah. I thought it was disappointing um very uh i thought i also thought probably about half an hour in it starts to get ludicrous a bit um i thought the story was was very weak and didn't make a lot of sense i thought that pedro pascal did an excellent job at playing a character that i really never want to see again because he was so bad at being a villain and um, just incredibly annoying. I thought Kristen Wiig was also good at playing a villain that didn't need to exist because she didn't serve much purpose in the film. And I thought that it would be great if Wonder Woman had more to do in her own movie, but she didn't. Um, and the and and the effects were not what I come to expect from a Warner Brothers film, especially one that was meant for theaters. And it was. Um, at least 30 to 40 minutes too long. Yep. And that's my Wonder Woman in a nutshell. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, too long. Um, and it suffers from uh, what a lot of movies 
that are though a lot of superhero movies uh, try to cram too much going into it. Um, you have a storyline with a romantic storyline. You have a uh, substance level villain. You have a massive level villain, all trying to get equal amount of time. And unfortunately, all their stories suffered. Uh, the best way that I've described it is I really liked Wonder Woman until I didn't. Um, it wasn't the best, and I was really in, but I was still enjoying myself. And then about halfway, maybe earlier, I found myself not enjoying myself anymore. Um, the fun had worn off, mm. and the story wasn't strong. Um, the villains weren't strong. The ending didn't make sense. Um, it was all over the place, and it was unfortunate. So, yeah, it was a big disappointment. Andrew, do you got anything else to say? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, he better. It's his I'm, least favorite. I, I want to kind of piggyback off that a little bit whenever it comes to the length. Yeah, the length was atrocious. Two and a half hours for this. Two and a half hours for this was very long. And it it got it got just repetitive. Not, not, not repetitive. That's not the word I'm looking for. It just got – it just wasn't good. Bad. Like there, there was no, there was no substance to it. It was like it was adding nothing to it. And the other thing is, I want to say is that this movie was was advertised horribly because Kristen Wiig, uh, what is her character's name in the movie? Barbara. I forgot. Barbara. Okay, Barbara. In the trailers, it's advertised that Barbara is like the main villain, and she's kind of not. Like she is not the main villain. What? I said I don't disagree so I, with that. I, I don't disagree okay. with that. I think that's, from what okay. I remember of the trailers too, I hardly remember Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think I knew yeah. Pedro was in it based on the trailer. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. And like, like Pedro Pascal is the main villain of the movie and it really sells it very wrong. And and that's that's kind of what you're going on. It's like, ooh, we're actually going to get like maybe a, maybe a star-making turn. Maybe something different from Kristen Wiig, and it turns out that Kristen Wiig is maybe in it. I don't know, maybe like a quarter of the movie. No, you're maybe dead wrong on well, that. Well, so that's incorrect. She's a villain but... for maybe that much. Yeah. She's yeah. all through it, though. She is all through it. But she you know, is. That's, 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 Am I up? Go that's for my it. two cents. Okay, so I gave this movie three and a half stars. I think it was better than a lot of other DCEU movies I've seen. Um, it's better than Suicide Squad. It's better than Justice League. It's better than, in my opinion, Batman versus Superman. I thought the Pedro Pascal and Kristen Wiig both give really good performances. <clears throat> Pedro Pascal playing a character who's essentially a force of nature in this movie that's just deteriorating over the course of the film, just like falling apart under the weight of all this power. I thought they did a really excellent job with that. I thought Kristen Wiig's slow evolution of uh, nobody to supervillain was really interesting. I feel like this movie really missed a, missed a bit of a bar by ending that story there uh, because, spoiler alert, it's not going to go beyond this, it doesn't seem. Um, and I thought that um, the concept, the idea, the idea of this you know mystical item that gives you what you wish for uh, but takes from you what you care about most uh, was a really interesting idea. The problems that I had was outside of the little opening intro with the with them doing the you know the Olympics in Amazon in Amazonia, and the little opening mantra, which I the little opening number that I actually really liked with her going around and saving people. 
The movie goes about an hour and 10 minutes without any action, without any sort of superhero stuff. It's just talking and exposition and talking and moving around and talking and just a lot of that kind of thing. And it's a long time before you get anything resembling superhero stuff like action. And, 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 and it was long enough that I'm sitting in the theater and I noticed it. It was long enough that I said, boy, hasn't really been anything like exciting happen in a while. It's just all kind of like, like really dramatic stuff. And I think I, that's a bad sign for your action movie is if you, people notice a lack of action. Um, I think that if I were, cause I honestly think that this is one of the few times I've seen uh, two villains manage pretty well. The problem I had, the third, the story I would get rid of is the romantic subplot with Chris Pine. Uh, I like Chris Pine, great actor. I thought he did a fine job in this, but the way that that story is introduced and, and, and used through the film just feels like, an anchor to the more exciting things that are going on, which is watching Kristen Wiig completely transform uh, and give a really good performance, I think, and watching Pedro Pascal completely deteriorate. Um, they could have found a more interesting way to introduce Diana, uh, Diana's wish. Um, you know, he could have, she could have just been hallucinating him the whole time or something like that. I thought it was a really weird way to, to introduce this wish of like, Oh yeah, you get your boyfriend back, but he possesses a dude. That was dumb. It was strange. It was strange, and uh, it, it only contributed to – it added like another 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes of the movie that didn't need to be there was this whole subplot with them. I think that Gal Gadot does fine, but she doesn't stand out. This is a situation where the devil plays all the best notes, you know. Uh, the bad guys get to have way more fun. They're way more interesting. But I don't, I don't think it was as bad as everybody says it is. It was, but uh, just to move on, I think that uh, it was. you separate it, and I agree, Chris Pine doesn't, I don't want to, again, just to move on, I, for me, I would like to see it separated. You can learn about the, the mystical thing uh, and have Pine come back, and then you see this friendship between Barbara and Diana deteriorate. Pedro Pascal is hiding around in the back, and then he sets up as a main villain later on down the line, and then you get his story, and I think I would have liked that better. And I thought his separated story was it, it would have tightened really it up. It was fairly interesting to me. One of the problems that they, they had was they didn't introduce a main component. They didn't, they didn't explain a main component of this, this stone until way deep in the movie, like an hour and 45 minutes into the movie. They reveal a very important detail about this item that they show you kind of it, but no, it's never explained until way too late. Mm -hmm. you go, by then you go, oh, I didn't realize it was even doing that. Yeah, well, and like, here, the rules it. of the stone don't... Uh, they don't make sense because they contradict each other. Like there would be, especially at the end when everyone's wishing, there would be wishes that contradict each other everywhere. And that's not explained. Kristen Wiig, for some reason, gets two wishes when it's explicitly told that they can only but get one. She doesn't one. get two wishes. She does get two wishes. No, she's given stuff by him. There's a moment where you see him. I don't want to get, I won't, won't spoil the movie, but it's, it's, it's right in front of, the screen it happens so well at the beginning she wished for to be like right. diana and at the end she, she doesn't wish to be the an second thing he gives she wished to, to be an apex predator yeah but that's not but her she wish. wished oh she said he, it was he turns around there's a moment where he turns around because he says i'll take this from you i'll take that from you okay i'll spoil it here i'll take this yeah go if ahead you watch there's a moment where he turns around and he says give her this give her that give her you're this give her you're that and he's motioning towards Kristen Wiig's character saying so now he's not taking those things from for himself he's giving them to someone else so it's not a wish being granted 
uh, a second wish being granted. It's him transferring what he's taking from people to her. Why it turns her into a cheetah doesn't really make a lick of sense. But no, she didn't. I mean, you could say that. I'm My wife sure says she renounced said... the first wish before she gets that one, but hmm. I don't know if that's the case. Again, something that was also not explained. Okay. Anyway, it's a very divisive movie. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. Um, that sends us over to now, David. You can do your five. Yep. Worst All right. Movies. You thought Andrews was a hot was a hot take. Andrew and I will actually share. Out the ass. You and Andrew will actually share. I mean, Andrew and I will actually share one. Uh, so I only saw thirty movies this year, uh, and it was it was a struggle to get there. But in my number twenty six spot, so this is uh, fifth from the bottom. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I found this movie to be stupid. Uh, <laughs> Sonic go fast. Sonic ride in truck for most of the movie. Um, uh, Kong goes to truck. Get get Kong. get on your feet, Sonic. You run faster than the truck. Why are, why is Sonic why is Sonic in the real world? It doesn't make sense. Why why is Sonic hanging out with James Marsden? I also don't get the this magic movie. rings, man. They explained the it all. Magic why? rings. We don't need it made that. more sense than the magic stone did. We don't need that. <laughs> it, 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 like just go pure animated. Just animate the whole movie. I don't understand. I, yeah, I think that. Uh, at number 27, uh, Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> A Story of Ice and Fire, uh, one of Will Ferrell's laziest performances I've ever seen. Yeah, Rachel McAdams much. is really nice in it, and the last song that they sing is Fire, but uh, it, is, it, was, it was a waste of time. Uh, at number 28, so this is the lowest. I don't think I've ever seen a bad documentary, but this was the first. Uh, class Action Park on HBO Max <laughs> has to be one of the laziest documentaries I've ever seen. It has these terrible animated recreations that at first you think, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of charming and kitschy. But the, as it keeps going and you realize that all of the recreations are going to be in this really bad animation style, you're like, oh, this is awful. And then the movie has a complete tonal meltdown by the end, uh, which I can get into later. But Class Action Park, trash. Number 29, Disney Plus is Artemis Fowl. Mm. Just, just don't even bother. Don't even bother. I don't even have it. I can't even say enough to review it. I watched it. Regret it. Uh, and yeah, then yeah, my, my, my worst, my lowest ranked movie. Um, so, uh, Andrew, don't feel too bad. But uh, Class Action Park and Artemis Fowl, those were two and two and a half stars. At one and a half star, I have Hubie Halloween. <laughs> was bad it was bad adam sandler said well i uh, i ran out of voices so now i did do a little bit like do, do, now Hoobie halloween there you go it's just so so bottom of the barrel my favorite tiktok of this year or one of them was it was a clip of adam sandler saying something like if i don't win an oscar for uncut gems i'm gonna make the worst movie ever and then it's this other guy who's holding up Hubie Halloween, he's like, son of a bitch actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to defend Hubie Halloween because it is a bad movie, but like, I also am going to ask this question. What do you expect from an Adam Sandler movie? Like, listen, when you go Look, into should, a movie, that, that plays no, into that a plays movie no factor like this, when you go into a movie no like fact. this, you know that it's going to be bad. I, you but I hope that away? it might not be. No. It will never not be. Look, every time I see an Adam Sandler, I know, I know that it's either going to be like there's there's no middle ground. It's either going to be Fifty First Dates, or it's going to be 
uh, or it's going to be Jack and Jill. Yeah, but you've got to go into it ready for Jack and Jill. You can't hope for 50 I honestly was, and I was, Garrett, and I was even more disappointed. My expectations were at Jack and Jill, and it didn't even meet it. That's how bad it was. I I can't. I haven't seen Jack and Jill. You saw more movies than I've seen, so unfortunately, these are my bottom five. But I will, uh, I, will, I will say this about Hubie Halloween. It's not as bad as Eight Crazy Nights. I like Eight Crazy Nights, but not like eight, enough to – I wouldn't put it in his top ten. No, Eight Crazy Nights, like, Eight Crazy Nights is just – That's a technical foul. <laughs> I technically have a side. <laughs> hey, um, Move. let's go What's to Garrett's Garrett? list. Let's so Garrett. my list will be real fast. <laughs> Because it has remained unchanged other than I swapped two movies today uh, from the mid-year review. At my 59, I saw 63 movies. And at 59 is The Gentleman, which oh, yeah. was not good. You, got you saw that yeah. before, that was pre-pandemic. Yeah, that was the first movie I saw of this hellish year. <laughs> I, I, you and I saw that. We <laughs> did, it was not good. Um, a Netflix original movie that's meant for children, but Garrett watched as a wrestling fan. Uh, the main event. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was not good, even for a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, he gets superpowers and turns into a wrestler, and the guy farts. The end. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a uh, We love a fart. Yeah, no, didn't. Uh, the Turning, which is uh, an alleged horror movie with Turning. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, yeah. Finn Wolfhard is in it. Mackenzie Davis is in it. Uh, who had pretty good 2020, I think. She had quite a few good movies. Uh, and then the two that I swapped, um, The Last Thing He Wanted. Um, I don't remember where that's yeah. at, but don't watch it if you find it. Who uh, ben Affleck and Anne Hathaway. That's it. And a few other people, um, I think. Oh, my goodness. Willem Dafoe's in it. Mm. It's not good. It's very boring. It's not good. But yeah, my I agree with Josh. The worst movie I've seen this year is uh, Desperado. Desperado. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, really and and those five were in the bottom five at the mid-year too. Did nothing yeah. I saw got I didn't so, see anything worse. Did you do your your bottom five already, Josh? Yep. I started. Yeah. So I think so, only we only had one did we only have Desperados and uh Hubie Hubie Halloween. Halloween as carryovers? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. So those automatically I, in the bottom five for the so many sequels list. I suspect we'll have more of the tops. Although, I don't know. At, at, at the rate we're going, I think Desperados might be Andrew's favorite of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I will start. So, I thought of this halfway through. We'll do our f- top five, and then maybe we can each do a couple honorable mentions that fell for outside sure. of it if we want. Okay. Definitely. So my uh, f- five, number five is a documentary called John Lewis, Good Trouble, mm. um, okay. which is about um, the late Congressman civil rights icon, John Lewis. It actually had its premiere in Tulsa at Circle Cinema. It was its theatrical premiere. And it's a very good documentary. It's told very well. Um, the timing of it was helped, I think, with the context, I mean, this came out before he died, but not much. It was released on Juneteenth. Um, and then in the midst of this uh, racial reckoning the country's going through, it was very uh, interesting to watch it now 
at the time or then at the time um, that the country was going through. But it's really good. Um, it's touching. It's funny. It's uh, educational. I liked it a lot. Number four is Disney Plus's Hamilton. Okay. Uh, my, my, my two and so that, three. My, that stayed. That stayed in the top five, although it got knocked was, down from number one. It was my number was one for a while. your top five. Yeah. 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 Hamilton was supposed to be released theatrically, but it was one of the uh, – Disney Plus just decided, I guess, uh, to put it out on the 4th of July this year. Um, I don't remember when exactly it was supposed to come out, but I think we got it considerably earlier. I think probably like October planned. or November, something like that. I think it was November. Um, one of the election season. One of the few movies that went from theaters to streaming that I actually thought was really good. Um, there are a few others, but a lot of them ended up being disappointing in some some way. Um, then after that, uh, this is a Netflix original movie, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Starring the late Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis. Uh, it's uh, based on the August Wilson play. Very good. Very, very good. Then number two is Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Pixar's latest movie. Their second of the year. Uh, quite a bit better than Onward. One of their best, I think. I still need to oh, watch yes, it again yes. to really take it in. But the first time I was watching, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then number one, my number one movie of the year is Promising Young Woman. Okay. Promising. David, are you taking notes? A little bit. Or you okay, can, good. though, if you no, already started. No, I was not. I was just about to. So if you um, for just for funsies, let's go counterclockwise this time and go to Garrett. Oh, me. Surprise! <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't ready. Okay. So, Josh, you and I uh, have quite a bit of crossover, actually, when it comes to the top. Um, so I won't spend a ton of time because I feel like we'll have quite a bit of crossover for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. my number five is also Disney plus Hamilton. I know that's your four, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. It is my number five. Um, I don't have anything else to say other than it's wonderful and makes me happy. The only difference I think from here on out is my number four is a movie called the vast of night. And this one might have a slight asterisk by it um, because technically it was released in 2019. However, it did not become available for me to watch as a regular human being until 2020. And I count that. Um, I can't go to festivals and see it. So uh, it came out this year on Amazon and it blew me away. I think this would fit in my um, surprise category and it's in my top category. Um, It's a real quick watch. It's only an hour and a half. Um, And it is weird, man. It's right up my alley of weird. It's a sci-fi space thriller. It's presented in the form of a Twilight Zone, uh, but also real. So it starts off, um, it's in the 1950s. Radio is a big part of it. Um, It starts off uh, watching a TV and they're talking about this very twilight zone background setup, and then it zooms into a black and white TV and then you're in it. Um, it's a real cheap m- movie for $700,000. Um, but it doesn't look it. It is gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful to look at. There is a tracking shot that goes from one end of the town to the other in a continuous looking shot. Um, 
there are several parts throughout this movie where it is very dialogue heavy, very story focused. And you're so, at least I was, I was so enraptured in the story. And because of this feel of the radio, there are several times throughout this movie where it is brave enough and bold enough to go straight to black. And all you hear is this person telling a story. And it does that several times and it fits and it works. And I like when movies do that. And this is the first time I've seen something like that. So highly recommend. Um, and that's my number four. Um, three, two, one, basically the same as Josh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Soul, and Promising Young Woman. And Promising Young Woman. So two for Promising. All right. Uh, mine will sound um, not really that similar, but kind of similar. Uh, I'm up next, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, okay. Um, so number five, uh, this is a couple of really recent, or basically the end of the year was the, the gift to, to me for great movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, uh, I give this four stars. It's King of Staten Island, starring Pete mm-hmm. Davidson, uh, Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, and directed by Judd Apatow. Um, Steve Buscemi's in it too. He's actually really good. So um, yeah, uh, this movie came out earlier in the year, but just now being available on Amazon. So I, uh, I checked it out. Uh, really good uh I think uh, it's a movie that, honestly, even though with the Staten Island logo and the, the, the very, like, Northeast actors that they, they got for this, you could set it anywhere. Like, it could be King of Tulsa, King of Broken Arrow, and it would, like, all of the story elements would work just the same, just with some minor tweaks. Um, really good movie, and I, I really thought the, the performances were good. Um, number four, my, this lasted for me, uh, which is Tenet. Uh, still really dig Tenet. Uh, got it for Christmas and looking want to watch it again. Um, it's kind of like the the lone, uh, I guess, action movie that you could say that kind of uh, stayed around. Um, at number three, I have Soul. Um, like Josh and Garibo said, uh, great Pixar movie. I don't know if it's necessarily one of their best, but it is uh, it definitely the perfect timing ended up being right now for this movie um i don't think it was hindered by streaming obviously it would have made i think more money uh if they put it in theaters but um i don't know i really enjoyed it and it has a great great message um and number two so this is a real recent one for me so this movie came out earlier in the year but just got around to watching it it's called the five bloods starring uh uh, starring uh delroy lindo uh peter clark and uh, it also has chadwick boseman uh, jonathan majors um, it is uh, fantastic. I mean, it's it it is what you I are it is what Martin Scorsese would call cinema. It is uh, a little long, but every thirty minutes of this movie feels different than the last thirty minutes. Uh, spoiler warning: there is some pretty graphic imagery at times, so just know that going in. But Spike Lee had a lot to say here, and uh, the performance by Delroy uh, Lindo will. Uh, I mean, it'll engage you. In, in yeah, I agree. And then at number one, uh, I also have Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, this was a super great performance-driven movie. Um, it's claustrophobic. It's uh, it, it's it's sweaty. It makes you angry. It makes you laugh. It makes you uh, it makes you cry for these characters. Um, and it's one of those movies that all takes place in like a day. You know, I I, I love movies that take place in less than twenty-four hours. It's such a such a fun uh, restriction to put on yourself in, in, mm-hmm. in all those ways. But yeah, so that's my top five is uh, 
King of Staten Island, Tenet Soul, The Five Bloods, and and uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. Cool. Andrew, you are next and last. All right. So uh, number five is new on the list because I just saw it yesterday. And it's it's Garrett and Josh's number one. It's Promising Young Woman. Oh, you saw it yesterday. Nice. I did. Three for that. What is and it on? What is it, where is that streaming at? It's not. Oh, it's, well. it, it's in theaters right now. Fooey. I'll have to go try to make time for that. But I remember walking out of the I remember walking out of the theater like that was just totally unpredictable and I loved it. And uh Carrie Mulligan. Carrie, I would have to say that's probably Carrie Mulligan's best performance. I mean, in her career so far. So anyway, number four is Tenant. And and Tenant uh, obviously it's a Christopher Nolan movie, but it was just complex enough for me to, you know, you, you go to a Christopher Nolan movie, you get what you pay for. Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan does not disappoint. Um, but no, everything about Tenet, I want to watch it again. I've it overcame it. the, yeah. So what? It overcame the sound issues you had with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the sound issues were, were like, were like a speed bump on this long highway of awesomeness. So, I like that description. Oh, oh! I think we lost him. Oh no, oh, he froze. No. This Hang is oh, he's waiting. Oh, he's, he's there. coming back. Maybe. Tenant, tenant is tenant fell just outside of mine. I think it's at number seven. Um, Tenant's not in my top ten, y'all. Wow. Yeah. I think. Let me double check. Oh, it is ten. I thought it was eleven. Oh, I think he's back. Hamilton. Hey! Oh, my top five. There he is. Uh, okay, so my... I got my list right here. Hang on. Yeah. Number three is a uh, Tom Hanks movie that was released earlier this year, Greyhound. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. I, re- I really, really liked Greyhound. You did. Yeah. I did, too. That's good. And, and Tom Hanks... Uh, the fact that Tom Hanks wrote it, even better. You know, you get a Tom Hanks war movie that he wrote. He didn't direct it. Oh, should have. But anyway, um, number two is Hamilton. Okay, that's three for Hamilton. So unfortunate. So, <laughs> and number one, I saw this movie on Christmas, and I'm going to watch it on Christmas now because I think it's I think it's kind of fitting. Soul. Okay. Wow. So that's four votes for Soul. Okay. Excellent. All right. All right. What did you give Soul? Five stars? Soul got Three. five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half. Three and a half. Let's be fair. All right. <laughs> Do we want to deeper dive into any of them that we haven't? Just for like a real quick. Does anybody have that desire? If there's one that you'd like, I don't feel like I need to. Um, no. especially based on the time we're at, but that yeah. if, if someone wants to, that's fine. The only thing I want to say is that like, yeah, I, like in doing this list, I forgot about the five bloods. The five bloods was, was really just a completely different movie. It's almost on the, it's on the same level of, in, in fact, like, uh, I'm looking at my top 10 right now, the five bloods and promising young woman are right beside each other. Man, that was a tough decision because the five bloods, 
is is totally unpredictable. Totally unpredictable. Like yeah, have- it goes so many different places. Like it, like it's one of those movies uh, where like characters just continually make the worst possible decision they can make. And, yeah. and so you just end up going like, no, no, not, no, no, do that. Oh man. It's so. Yeah. And, and yeah, you're right. Like Delroy Lindo's performance in it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So it was, it was uh, heartbreaking to watch in times. Mm-hmm. And you know, Hey, yeah. that movie, that movie, the five bloods, that movie is going to be sold to a lot of people, I think for Chadwick Boseman, but do not, be fooled it is those other it is that those it is the movie for those other guys chadwick's not really in it that much compared to them he's really not like i think he's made he's in it for like what 10 minutes and it's a long, long movie too it's like two two hours and 45 minutes he's maybe in it for like 15 minutes yeah so maybe total yeah, yeah maybe total but um, no uh, but yeah uh uh, yeah, to five bloods and promising young woman. That was a hard one. Uh, I like promising one young woman a little bit better because I loved how the story twisted. So it had a really, really good twist at the end. It had like three um, twists. Yeah. Josh, what was your number five and four? John Lewis, good trouble and Hamilton. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So do you guys want to know what the, uh, I guess official so many sequels top five is hit us with it. Sure. We can structure this. Maybe we can even this out based on our star ratings for each movie, but no. soul is the only movie that was on all four on all of our top fives. Okay. And it was so either number, I think it was either, it was somewhere between one and three on all of our top lists. So soul's number one. Definitely. It's a three way tie between Ma Rainey's black bottom, Hamilton and promising young woman. And then uh, at number five, Tenet. Because that one had two votes, and that was the uh, the other, you know, the the runner-ups: Greyhound, The Vast of Night, uh, Good Trouble, John Lewis. All right. Or John Lewis, Good Trouble. I didn't remember which. I think order. that's a good. I think that's a good list. Yeah. yeah, I think that's not too bad. Do we want to talk about some honorable mentions then? Yeah, one of the honorable mentions I want to talk about because it's another fresh release, and it barely missed my top ten. It's at number eleven is another Tom Hanks movie called News of the World. Yeah, yeah. It is... Yeah, I I, I recommend it. And I I really think you would like it, Andrew. 100%. Um, It's a pretty basic story, but that allows so much room for you to get involved in the characters. And basically, Tom Hanks... This is set in like the 1860s or 70s, something like that. 70s, 1870s. in in, In Texas. And... Tom Hanks plays a former army captain who now rides his wagon from city to city and reads the news to people. Mm-hmm. He's like a news anchor before TV. And he stumbles across this little girl who is a uh, Kiowan and she has been taken from her home twice over now. And Tom Hanks takes it upon himself to deliver her to her family, um, which is like on the other side of the state or something like that. So that, the movie is their journey. And so you get to see so much of their characters and how they get along because she doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak Kiowan. So they have to find other ways to get to know each other. It's very good. Very good. 
I agree. Um, it's a, it, it, you know, a lot of times Tom Hanks kind of gets uh, dinged for playing the same character. It's just Tom Hanks in this setting, blah, blah, blah. I think that this does a good job of making you forget that he's Tom Hanks. Um, this is the first action movie that I can remember him doing since, uh, what is it, Captain, Captain Phillips, I think? Uh, maybe he's done one since and I just haven't seen it. Um, but it was just a nice... Yeah, I, I think personally this is a little better than... I think this is better than Greyhound. I don't think it's a little better. It is better than uh, Greyhound, but that's but, not a knock. Yeah, no, and not at all. I like Greyhound. Um, I just like this one more. And, it, and it's a Western-themed... Um, it just, yeah, it flowed and it, and it worked. I liked it. I look forward to seeing it. I saw the trailer and I was like, when did, yeah. when, when did this come from? The one thing that is uniquely Tom Hanks about it is even when they're in incredible danger, Tom Hanks makes me feel safe. Yep, every time he is our, he is the one we need, always. Um, so that's, yeah, that's my honorable mention. Um, I, have, uh, I have two. Okay. Um, I want to bring up one that I think was all of, I think it was our number one for the mid-year, and that's The Invisible Man came out way early at the beginning of the year. Uh, what a fantastic reimagining of the concept. And uh, still, I you know, it's my number six. It's still one of my favorite movies of the year. It was at my number, it's in my top two for a long time. Um, but yeah, love, love Invisible Man. Anybody want to talk about that one? It's also my number Agreed. six. Fantastic movie. Loved it. Um, such a good take on it. And it sets up a universe of monster movies that I'm looking forward to. So yeah. uh, they, have, they, they have set a really good base work and, I, and I'm excited to see more. So I could say, do you want me to say one that's uh, in my top 10 or one that an honorable mention is outside my top 10? Because I could go either way. Whatever, Whatever you, you want to do. Oh, I don't know. I will say... Say them uh, both. Num- say them both. My number, my number eight is The Trial of Chicago 7. Um, mm. I thought this was really, really good. It has good performances. I think that the movie, um, unfortunately, after doing a lot of research about The Trial of Chicago 7 after and uh, after I watched it, I kind of feel like they made a mistake by taking one of the main characters and sort of really like one of the main people involved in it. They really reduced what his story was. I think too much. I think he actually had one of the more fascinating stories of that event and they kind of just shoveled him off and moved on without him after that. So I had a few knocks against it, but man, it's Aaron Sorkin who we reviewed earlier this year with the American president uh, it is uh, really solid. I think you will enjoy it. It is a little cheesy at the end. Um, anybody else see that? What? The Trial of Chicago 7? I did. I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was very interesting. Um, it's something that I didn't really know a ton about. Um, so it was, I, I, and I always enjoy those types of movies where I feel like I'm Me learning too. something and being entertained. Um, boy, you go through a lot of, at least I did. I went through a lot of frustrating emotions, ups and downs and angers. And, oh man, it was, it was a really good, really good watch. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It was, it was, uh, you know, and it's for something that really wasn't that long ago. It's amazing that, that there's no real education about something like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, uh, I really thought that, so, um, there's a, uh, member of the black Panther party is in it. And, um, Played by, I can never remember exactly how to pronounce his name. Um, yeah, but it's a, the black. The character is Bobby Seal. The per, real person is Bobby Seal, and his story is so much more tragic than the movie really even gets into. And um, 
I wish that they had spent some more time on that after finding out all that. Uh, the other one I want to mention is uh, with it stars Ben Affleck. It's called The Way Back. And this was a pretty, I, at first, I really kind of just watching the trailers and stuff. I was like, oh, this is like the rated R Mighty Ducks. That's what it seemed like. But it was actually a lot, there was a little bit more going on to it. And I really appreciated it. It had one of the most depressing third acts I've ever seen. But it was really, but, it's, but overall, it's pretty good. It just fell outside my top 10 this year. But uh, I recommend it if you have, if you have a, a spare time. I really wanted to see that. Andrew, I you believe you can on HBO. Functions. Yeah, it's available right now. It's on HBO. It's a pretty brisk watch, if I remember right. Okay. Yeah, any other honorable mentions? Um, I want uh, you guys mentioned The Evil Man. That took me by surprise. Uh, Birds of Prey. Um, uh, it like years ago. <laughs> the solid effort out of DC this year was It almost Birds is. So, Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I personally think that was way better than Wonder Woman 84, but that's just me. That's me, um, too. <laughs> Emma. Mm, um, Emma. The movie okay. Emma. Yeah. So adapted from the Jane Austen novel. Uh, Jane Austen. Not Austen. Uh, the Jane, Jane Austen novel. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a remake. It's not a remake. It's just an adaptation. But no, it's New really good. Yeah. The, the performances are very solid. Um, and last but not least, the Lovebirds. That is that is in my runner-up, and I really like the Lovebirds. I laughed so hard at the Lovebirds. Very funny. I was, was half asleep for sure. while my wife watched the Lovebirds, and I thought while sleeping that it was a drama. Um, and when I woke up, I woke up for the end of it, and I was so utterly confused. And I maintain that as far as the uh, the, the main the, the, the lead actors, for them, it's a comedy, but for everybody else, treats it like a drama, which usually is a sign of a good comedy. But I was so confused when I woke up. I was like, I thought this was like a serious, what's going on? Why yeah. is it so funny all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have all two right. quick that are, I won't get to get too deep into. Um, Happy, <clears throat> Happiest Season is a Christmas movie that came out, I believe oh, yeah, it's yeah. on. Hulu. Um, it is a very good family comedy um, with plots, twists abound. Um, every time that I felt like I knew where this movie was going to go, when you know you follow certain Christmas tropes and you know family drama and oh my goodness, um, and every time it took a little different twist that I didn't expect, um, and it just kept me on my toes. Uh, it's got a great cast: Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Allison Brie. Um, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Steenburgen, uh, oh my God, Dave Levy, uh, so many people. It's a very good movie. It's, it'll make you laugh. It'll tug at your heartstrings. Um, it's a very good family holiday comedy, I think. Um, and then The Rental is a horror movie that I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, it was serial killer. These people go on a vacation and chaos happens. Um, I feel like there's a lot of drama internally um, along with the external craziness that's going on. So it also was a movie that kind of kept me on my toes. Didn't know exactly where it was going to go that I had a lot of fun watching. What was the name of that zombie movie you watched? And the guy's like hanging off the side of a parking garage. And there's also another good movie called alive. It's on okay. Netflix. It is a Korean zombie movie and it does a really fantastic job of modernizing the zombie movie. Zombie movies are tough because zombies inherently 
can, I mean, they can be scary or they cannot be scary. And I think the key to a good zombie movie is a slow build of tension and then mm-hmm. bam, let it release. And it does that a lot throughout and each one builds. So you have this slow build up and then a, you know, a nice release and then it gets a little bigger and then you have a bigger release and, and, it, and each time builds. And so that's a good horror movie for me. That's cool. That's cool. All right. That's what I got. Cool. Well, there's, well our, then, there's our there's our highs and lows. Yeah. So we will now briefly go through our most anticipated movies of 2020. I will read through the ones that did not come out. Um, because the ones that did, we have Already talked about. pretty much all covered, um, mm-hmm. except for a couple, but that's not a big deal. But I do want to note that <laughs> this just made me laugh. I think Andrew's hated Wonder Woman so much because it was his second most anticipated movie of the year and it let him down so deeply. Yes. Oh, that might be true. I remember was, I remember Andrew was, was the one who brought it up. That was his second most anticipated. So yeah. we'll start at the, the bottom of the list and work to most anticipated. So David, yours was The Eternals. Yep. Which it was supposed to come out in November and is now set for November 5th, 2021. So Boy. a whole nother year. Uh, Andrew, you picked Black Widow which was supposed to come out, gosh, uh, like in May, was it? Yep. And yeah. now, it's, now it's May 7th, 2021. Yeah, when that movie was going to come out, uh, my wife and I would have still not have a baby. Now we're going to have a baby when that movie comes out. Yeah. That's, yeah. We, were, we were already ready to go see that movie. That was, a, the, that was right at the pandemic happening. The next anticipated movie that did not come out is another one of Andrew's, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oof. It was supposed to come out in July and is now set for June 11th, 2021. Then no we've problem. got one of my picks is a Matt Damon movie called Stillwater. Yeah. That was supposed to come out in November. However, it has been pulled from the schedule completely and does not have a release date. Yeah, I don't even know if they ever got the production started. Then we've got another David pick, Death on the Nile. Hmm. That one that almost movie, came out. Almost came out. It was supposed to come out um, just like a couple months ago, right? Like November, I think. Yeah, and now it's set for September 17th, 2021. Mm, such a long wait. Then another Andrew pick. You guys lost out on a lot of your movies. Um, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Was, was supposed <sighs> to be out. We were so anticipated. Um, first, I think it was supposed to come out in on june june 26th and then it was moved to christmas Mm -hmm. and then it was moved to july 2nd 2021 that's right so maybe someday andrew will get to watch top gun maverick and then we got another day we got another david pick Mm. the bob's burgers movie yeah i think everyone forgot about i did (laughs) um it was supposed to come out in july and now it has been rescheduled for april 9th 2021 that's not too far away and i'll also say to my knowledge all of these are still set at this point to come out in theaters uh, on some capacity mm-hmm. bob's burgers is that's Dis- disney owns that now right uh probably now I don't so there's know a, that's there's a chance out. that could go to disney plus or hulu but it's still they haven't they haven't gone into that yet no next is one of mine um which is a adaptation of the musical In the Heights. 
In the Heights. In the Heights. It was supposed to come out this summer, and it is now going to come out June 18th, 2021. That is a Warner Brothers movie, so as of now, it will come out both theatrically and on HBO Max on the same day. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that one. Then we finally have a pick from Garrett. Halloween Kills. Yeah. The yep. sequel to the Halloween reboot um, that came out in 2019. No, 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to come out this year, and it has now been rescheduled for October 2021, with Halloween Ends following it in October 2022. What a big delay for that franchise. And that was your, that was your most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah. Andrew's most anticipated movie of the year. No Time to Die, the, yeah. the Bond movie that was supposed to kick off our season. Mm-hmm. We were going to do the Daniel Craig Bond movies. We ended up doing none of them because it was pulled from the schedule multiple times. Pushed and pushed um, and pushed. No Time to Die. I'm double-checking the, uh, the release date right now. It is now currently set for April 2nd, 2021. It's going to be interesting. If, um, if I remember MGM, correctly. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say MGM, who produces the movie, just put themselves up for sale. So that's going to be interesting. Yep. Yeah. If I remember correctly, but that was it, the first major film to push its, its release yeah, date. It was. It was the first the one. We all and thought they were silly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bond is all that MGM has. So it's, no it's, wonder they're selling. That's like so... It's so weird because, like, uh, the reason my Skyfall, my Skyfall was so delayed because MGM was in bankruptcy, issues. and when Skyfall was released, that actually saved MGM from from bankruptcy. Wow, crazy! So and that's yeah, that's nuts. It is nuts. And our last uh, one is. Oh wait, what? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, our last one is another Garrett pick uh, in our last one, uh, A Quiet Place 2, which oh, yeah. almost came out. It was supposed to come out March 20th. They had their premiere, and it was pulled like a week or two before, I think. And, and the reviews were so good. Yeah, people were this. hyped on it. People still are. And it is now set to be released um, April, sometime in April 2021. I want, April 23rd. To read, I want to read a couple of quotes from our preview of 2020 and our mid-year review. And oh, yeah, you went back and pulled quotes? I did. Well, two oh. quotes that stood out to me, and going through this list makes me uh, curious as to where people fall. So beginning of 2020, January, I said, quote, I would say 2019 slapped for movies. 2020 has a few, but it was tough to come up with a list. I had to adjust my definition of anticipation. Mm-hmm. In the mid-year review, Josh said, quote, if y'all remember our 2020 preview, this year was stacked high with great movies. So what do you guys think? Because going through the list of anticipated movies, I go back to thinking, okay, I'm looking forward to some of these movies, but the excitement level that I had was still... Eh. <laughs> I, like- I still think the, the year was in, originally stacked with good movies. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even we didn't read the ones that did come out because they're they're right. But I argue very the ones that did come out either were disappointing or maybe like not as good as we thought. 
Some of them are like the big ones that we really expected, like the ones I would say that we said in our top five. But uh, I mean, Birds of Prey was pretty good, but I wouldn't say it was fantastic. Um, yeah. Some of the other ones that we talked about were just, you know, okay. And I think that's fine. I just yeah. remember, I don't, you know, at the beginning of the year, I remember thinking this didn't look like it was going to be as good as 2019. And then unfortunate things happened to make that true. Yeah, it looked like, I do think that, like, looking back at it this year wasn't necessarily uh, going to, like, it wasn't, like, didn't feel as big, you're right, as what 2019 had just been. But I was really excited for the movies that I had on my list. I agree. I'm really, like, I was glad that, because, like, Soul was on our list, Tenet, Birds of Prey. Uh, I was really excited that those movies did manage to come out. And I always say, whenever we do those, what's anticipated is, it's so funny because I know that at the end of the year, I think I said in that episode, what is it? At the end of the year, it's going to be movies that I didn't hear of that are going to be in my top five. And that's the case. I hadn't heard of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom at the beginning of 2020. But sure enough, that's the movie that came out of nowhere. That was my, that was my, uh, oh, what was it? That was my uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari of that year, um, where I had no idea that movie was even going to be made. And then it, it, it comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it, 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 2021, it's going to be interesting because you're going to add the a lot of these movies to movies that we probably would have already been excited for so 2021 is going to be a really interestingly stacked year well i think yeah i think 2021 is going to be a lot of these movies and that's great we'll we'll get to see them i i, I know that we're, we're done talking about uh like our shout outs like our honorable mentions there's one more i want to mention and i think it has a lot to do with like with like social climate especially in november it's Borat. Borat's... Oh, right, right. Yeah. My and, wife. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And the reason why is the reason why is that I want to give a special shout out to that movie because it was it was filmed, it was edited and released all this year. And it's it was a it was a sequel to a very popular film and it just so happened to be like star some very key political players like of this year mm. and that just that and, and it also tackled the issue of, of the coronavirus and whatnot and it made it it, it kind of lampooned a little bit of like what what differentiating opinions there are and I, I failed to mention this earlier about how how funny that movie is and how fresh that movie is and how timely that movie is and Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius. Yeah, he had two really good movies this year. Then I would say, mm-hmm. at least. But I just wanted—I just wanted to say that. All right, my name is Borat. Cool. Um, I think yeah. that wraps up the show. Um, wow, what a year it has been! Been a yeah. wild one. Let me mention I, two. Let me mention two more things here, real quick. So, oh like boy. Andrew mentioned, the highest-grossing movie for uh, twenty twenty in the United States was Bad Boys for Life. Uh, worldwide, though, and this is a kind of a sign of what the pandemic did. I believe this. I believe this is true. I'll need to do more research, but I believe for the first time ever, the highest-grossing movie at the worldwide box office is a foreign film. It's called The Eight Hundred. It's a Chinese film. It did four hundred and sixty-one million dollars worldwide, which is about 
around $40 million more dollars than Bad Boys for Life did. Um, Tennis, Tenant finished in the number three spot worldwide. Sonic the Hedgehog at number four. And then Doolittle at number five. Um, most of those are all pre-pandemic releases, except for uh, the 800, which I believe came out. Let me double check. Uh, in August. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy year, and so that's just one more element of it. The highest-grossing movie of the year is a foreign film. Awesome. All right. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for listening and watching with us this year um, as we kind of stumbled through how to do this show, both remotely and for a long time without any real movies to watch. Um, it was... In, uh, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we persist. I, ho- I hope I hope we don't have to do it like this, uh, quite like this again anytime soon. Um, but thanks for listening and watching anyway. Find us online on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So many sequels. Um, follow or subscribe to our YouTube channel, where we will continue to post videos just like this one. Um, and then subscribe in your favorite podcasting app: Spotify, Apple Podcast, Sounds Tooth. I didn't forget about Sounds Tooth. <laughs> We love those guys. Um, Always and forever. <laughs> now you're laughing like I don't mean it. I mean, you, it. you said you said it like we love those. Guys. <laughs> I was I was stifling a yawn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that. We'll be back next year. Uh, we're gonna take some, and I don't mean that in the like we'll be back Monday when it's next yeah. year. No, we're gonna be off for a while. Uh, yeah, we usually gonna, give ourselves gonna, January. Yeah. We're going to take at least January, maybe a little bit more, just to see how things go. Because if, mm-hmm. if there's one thing we know now, it's that... Um, Sometimes next, less is more. Next year's not going to be any more n- normal than this one was. So mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to work on some things and, and figure out how to make the, the most fun show possible. And if you are just missing us... For January, Missing and you should. You, you would. Uh, you can check Josh and me on our Wayback Flashback podcast ah! exclusively on pot, on Spotify. Uh, right. We play big hits, guilty pleasures, and forgotten favorites of years gone by. Uh, David and Andrew. Who knows? Maybe they could make a special appearance. They were live during those times. If they Andrew want, could talk about our oldies show for sure. What he grew in, yeah. grew up listening to in the early days of radio. Um, we had yeah. a special theme on that. So. You know, we, we're still out there doing things, and we'll be back with this. But in the meantime, you can catch some uh, fun little music. That's, That's right. right. And, <laughs> hey, if you want to see our full list, check us all out on Letterboxd. Just Absolutely. go to Letterboxd. You can search for our names. David Proc, Josh Gammon, Garrett Powders. And I think Andrew doesn't have his last name on there, so you just have to get lucky that he's the right Andrew. Okay. If you see a <laughs> review for Bridge of the River Kwai, you got it. <laughs> you know, like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. You do whatever you want. It's your letter. It's your letterbox. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're signing off for the last time in 2020. Uh, this this horrible year can be gone now. Cut. Bye bye. Bye.